Hello and welcome back to our second episode of Hosts at Home. Um, firstly, a massive thank you to all the people who have left their kind words uh, from the first week's episode. We really appreciate it and please keep them coming. In this week's episode, we're going to touch on some of the open-ended questions and topics that we had um, we touched on last week. So we had a new unit in Liverpool, which Ed somehow miraculously managed to set up in one day on his own. Uh, we've also had an agent reach and contact us about a house that we tried to buy this time last year and the sale fell through saying that the sales fell through again and are we interested? We've got a funny little insight into our week with our guests of the week and pests of the week. And finally, our topic of the week is why to choose rent to SA. Hey, I'm Laura. And this is Ed. Give us a ring if you're looking for a bed. I started putting properties on Airbnb and now I've left my job because I'm earning bare pee. Location, location, I see E and C. Started with none, now we got 50. Pick up the keys and off we go. After we set up, looks like a grand design show. If you're looking to become a property master, then give us a like and download the podcaster. Let's look at this four bed. Can we make it a six? Call up the broker, get our DIP fixed. We're scaling up quick, our portfolio. SA units and now HMOs. You won't get planted. Yeah, that's what they said. We are your hosts, Laura Dad. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Host at Home. So we're just going to do a quick rundown on some of the topics we covered last week just to kind of see where we're at with them this week. So last week we had the exciting news that we'd got planning permission um, to turn our house into an 8-bed HMO. So Ed, what's what's next for there? What happened this week with, with moving forwards with those plans? Yeah, so I met a... Building, building team, build team down there this week that we've worked with up in Liverpool, and they're happy to travel down and stay on site. Um, so we're waiting a final firm quote from them. I'm ninety percent sure at this stage that we'll be utilising them. However, nothing's firmed up as of yet. So we've seen some movement. We've got a bit of something positive, haven't we? Definitely. You know, we're edging ever closer. <laughs> So we also had our super smooth, slick, well, I said that, and then you were like, there were some issues for our Somerset setup um, that we went down and did. So, so how's that going? What's bookings looking like? Kind of, I know we had some really positive, like, straight away, didn't we, for that, really? Yeah, I think we touched on the setup last week, but what, one thing we didn't really say is we left on the Sunday to go to an event, and we had people move in on that Sunday <laughs> um, for, you know, until the following Friday, and that's very much been the theme um, if, in fact, for the next for the next four weeks, we're booked up Monday to Friday. Um, it's really picked up Monday to Friday. So what I've then done is gone and put up our Monday to Friday pricing. Um, so it's all about how you interpret the data or interpreting the data and how you utilize that data to obviously max, maximize revenue. So first thing I've done is put our Monday to Friday prices up because we're clearly uh, very attractive to our demographic at that price and did did you have people in mind like how have you filled that property so was that people you already know that you've shifted across or has that just come from like booking.com or airbnb or direct 
who are your who are your so our ideal client target in mind is uh, contractors and we do generate a lot of long-term leads so we are pushing that property to long-term contractors um, it hasn't had a strong enough buy as of yet but this is just the OTAs doing their thing to be fair and it's good and reassuring to know that we've obviously got a, a property in demand in a good area because uh, yeah it's just straight off the OTAs. Cool. We had our Cotswold deal so we had a super swanky potential service accommodation deal that we talked about in Cotswold which was stunning but we weren't given it were we? <laughs> Yeah, we tendered for business and he came back to us. And I think he it was a little bit with a heavy heart because I think he knows that we could have been a good fit for him. However, because of the amount of work that I know this will require and take from us, I pretty much set out a proposal on our stringent terms. And I think or I know that he had offers that were um, more aligned with what he wanted um, and therefore a little bit more attractive and appealing to him. Um, so with a heavy heart, he informed us. And unfortunately, that's just how it goes, guys. You win some, you lose some, and you lose plenty in business, to be fair. So um, not too bummed out that we didn't get it, because like I said, it would have been a lot of work right now, and we've got a lot on. But I'm not saying we wouldn't have took it on if he did accept our proposals. Anyway, he didn't, so on to the next. I'm sad, I'd already picked out some like deer heads and yeah, some shooting yeah, I mean, attire. You're talking like a 20k twenty k setup fee there at least, I think. But I've got a shuffle over the theatre, do you even know what that is? Let's not, I don't know. Is it like a gilet that I call shooting hunting farmer? Right, I was thinking right, because you never got the table tennis table and we've never used it. Yeah. We could take that down there as well, so oh. I mean, but... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you would never take that down there. Like, you'd let that. So, anyway, what, what's been going on this week? So, the, the new things we've kind of found this week and some exciting bits we've got going on. So, we've got a new unit in Liverpool, which we set up. Oh, whoa, whoa, we. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Don't, there's no we it about this. We. No, I was going to say. I'm not letting okay. you take the credit for this. I was, okay, I was, <laughs> Ed did it on his own. Because I was at work. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, were you rudely interrupted me? Good job this is a podcast, because Ed just gave me a little punch as well. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to out him. Uh, how did you get that? Because obviously, like, last week, it was just a really quick deal, wasn't it? So how did that come about, you kind of getting that? Yeah, this one's actually through a saucer. Um, and yeah, he put it up on a Facebook group, to be fair. And I saw it again, headline terms is six bed, um, low rent, straight away. Let me see it. You set up on your own in one day. I did, yeah. And that is, even if I do say myself, pretty remarkable. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even go early, you know what I mean? I slept in late yeah, as well, yeah. didn't I? Because we were crackers. But yeah, I mean, to have left our house here and gone to Liverpool and then be back in the same bed, near enough the same <laughs> day. Well, I did 2 a.m. <laughs> the next day. Yeah, I mean, and to have set up a six-bed SA unit is, yeah, that is that is moving pretty mad, to be fair. So I'll take that. I'll wear that accolade. I'll wear that badge of pride. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> it makes me laugh, because if, if you follow us on um, Instagram... Um, 
like Ed posts his story, so I'm at work. Just he doesn't text me at all, so I'll just know where he's at and what he's doing by just like popping on his story throughout the day. And he was cracking me up at the end of the day because he was posting all the things on there that were annoying him that I normally do. So I think you put trying to get the little tops off the intense sticks, yeah. and I laughed because there was a fork next to it, and I was like, amateur, you got to use a knife. And then unwrapping all the lampshades because oh. they like cling wrap them all, don't they? Do you know how many lampshades I had to buy? Eleven. So I'm saying this weren't no two bed flat. It's just like Mega. six of everything, and it starts chewing up into your day and your time. And anyway, you know. Well, next time you've got to bite through those wrappers. It's the quickest way. Okay. Mm, okay. That's okay. normally my thing. So knife <laughs> and bite through if you want to do a setup in a day. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a thing we talked about on our intro. Um, so interestingly, we had a property last year wasn't it now yeah that we had put an offer on over a year ago been accepted yep i mean it came at a really tricky time for us and we had real big complications with a broker who wasn't being completely transparent with us uh but also this had already gone on for like eight months and we still hadn't completed and i needed to quit my job which completely changed the scene and the setting for us to be able to obtain a mortgage entirely again. And essentially the, the vendor ran out of patience and I cannot blame him. Uh, and we, we lost the deal. We lost the deal, guys. Um, now it seems that that has happened again with the purchaser that, yeah, yeah, following on from us. And the agent has breached me a year later. So this vendor must be fuming. Yeah, I do feel Fuming, sorry. yeah, yeah, really 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 crappy to be fair um but an opportunity there for us which we are definitely willing to explore yeah um so now we thought we'd bring you something sometimes where we give you a bit of an insight to some of the queries and crazy things we get each week so we have got our guest of the week and our best of the week this week which has been fun to kind of like throughout the week we like been looking at queries and things coming through and conversations and kind of going that's a good one we'll use that one we can that's a funny um so ed would you like to tell everybody about who was your guest of the week this week guest of the week i think for me is as we've just touched on i set up that unit in one day um i suppose the better news is not only did i manage to set up in one day uh but we've had a long-term booking in there straight away um I think, you know, four days after I set it up, they booked it for for the, for the week at first and then said they've got work in the area for as long as a year and would like to commit to monthly bookings at an agreed rate of £3,500 a month. Um, so really good news for us. And, you know, they weren't particularly nice or not nice, but the fact that they booked and are willing to commit for that lot for that duration means that now they're my guest of the week. <laughs> Simple as that. Money. Bring me money, baby. <laughs> and uh, I chose our pest of the week, who was quite entertaining for us on Saturday night, wasn't he? When we were I trying. Know. I mean, it's, it's it's funny for you when we relay it over no, a yeah, beer, isn't it? Yeah, it was. We were pretty fuming but... at the time because he was ruining our Saturday night. He he was a Karen. If you know what a Karen is, and we normally call the equivalent of Karen a John, don't we? So he was being a John. 
So basically, he he booked with us the previous week and been staying in one of our properties. Um, all happy, all fine, no problems with the property, anything, no problems with him. We'd released his deposit, but when you release their deposit back, it kind of pens in the air while it's going kind of through our systems. So it's just kind of held in their bank account, not not taken, but not in, but they can see that it's being held. And he contacted us and said he wanted to book again for the following week. And we're like, yeah, fine, great. And we're like, but we need to take a deposit again from you. And then he was not grasping that the deposit was coming back to him. He thought we hadn't released it to him, didn't he? And we were trying to take it again. And we were basically fraudsters. And we were trying to take 400 quid off him. And we were just going back and forth, just saying, like, look, it's pending. You're getting your deposit back, but we can't. And he, he, he was just repeating, like, well, I had it last week, so why can't you just give it me again? And I think I, I was talking to Ed today, and I was like, I think it's a good example for us to use because a lot of people might go, well, he stayed last week and he was fine and we know him, so let's just put him in the property without taking that deposit again. But it, it's just a risk, isn't it? And, it? and we've had problems and stuff before, and whilst you're turning away a week's booking, like, he could have gone back, he could have trashed the house, and it, it's just not worth it, is it, now? It's, it's, it's not worth it, it's not worth it, because I've done exactly what you've just said and been burnt by it, mm. and the thing is, it's not just the deposit that protects us, to be honest with you, it's a lot more than that, so when he was saying no to the deposit, he was saying no to the onboarding process, yeah. which is also signing... Security. Signing the terms and conditions, uh, and therefore, you know, prevents... The risk of us having a chargeback fraud um, dispute against us. He wouldn't sign terms and conditions, wouldn't upload his ID, etc., etc. So it was a tricky one because he wasn't grasping it, no matter how many times we could relay and oh, man, obviously make it quite clear. If I, my, I had an inkling that he was quite inebriated. Inebriated? Maybe. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. His, his, his text was. All I wanted over to the ring shop. him. I was like, just let me ring him. Let me ring him and just explain. I said, like, we're we better it. off wait. But just yeah, he, well, to be fair, he was no better than it the day after mm. either. So, yeah, I mean, an unfortunate one. And he's, he was just livid. He was livid. And, you know, no matter how polite we can be and transparent we can be about the situation, for, for, I mean, for us, because we obviously see how the system works, it's quite easy to grasp, but clearly not. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, Karen slash John did not stay with us this week, in no. conclusion. No, <laughs> he didn't. But fortunately enough, that property got booked this week anyway, so. Yay. Yeah. So. Okay, and moving on to our final section, our topic of the week, which is going to be about why to choose the rent-to-SA strategy. So, Ed. <gasps> Back, right, right, right back to the beginning of your property journey. I'm going to pick your big brains, okay? <laughs> I don't know if big brains and insult or compliment. <laughs> you think it's got a big head? Yeah, that too. <laughs> okay. Big head. But what we're trying to do is be quite engaging to our audience. So if you follow us on Instagram, we put out posts today saying, look, ask us some questions. We're going to be talking about Rent SA. Um, so shout some questions out you'd like us to kind of answer today in the podcast. So thanks to everyone that kind of engaged with us. That's fab and we're going to try and cover some of those now. So, Ed, like, my first question to you is, like, how did you discover the Rent to SA strategy? How did I discover it? Yeah. Um, funny enough, when I worked for EDF, 
which is not all that long ago, but at this point it was a while back, you know, it's probably two, three, three years ago. Uh, now I was up in Scotland working and went to a well-known one pound property event. Many people probably know what I'm on about. Um, did a lot of research prior, not really as to the strategies involved, but just him and what this show would entail. Because for me, even going to a property show, I took my mate with me, um, was quite a big deal. And I read a lot of horrible stuff online, to be fair. And I said, look, mate, we're going, but we're not going to pay anything down, no matter how convinced we are. And we're not going to part with any of any any other or any more of our money other than this pound. We're going to go utilise the free knowledge we got and come straight back. And I learned about the and first heard about the rent to rent strategy as a whole there and then. Uh, so my ears were definitely pricked um, as they were with all the strategies then. And I kind of from there just became obsessed with property as a whole, researched as much as I could with every strategy. Um, and then a lot later down the line with a more broader knowledge um, and wider, just more info, not really experience, I then dictated what would be best for me to implement and that's where I chose Rent to SA. But where I first heard about it was at a property event up in Scotland three years ago. Okay. Sorry then, my follow-on question to that. Four years ago. It was four years ago. Oh. <laughs> Happy property anniversary. I started three years ago. So that's interesting. Yeah, it took you a year. It took me a it took year. took you a year to think about it. Not just think about it, like I needed to be, for more me, searched. all in on this. And I was, and it's paid off. Otherwise, there's no point being any in. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's good about, like, that's what I love about you. I, if I want to do something, I'll just literally do it with no consequences. Like, I've never met someone who watches so much stuff on, like, YouTube and reads so much stuff. Like, your attention span is just, like, insane. Like, you will really, if you find something you're interested in, you'll just do so much research. I think that's mad, and that's why you've been so successful, because people think they just throw themselves into it but there's so much like you just said a whole year of your life has gone into making sure that was going to work for you yeah and I, and I was like absolutely obsessed you need yeah. to be you need to be absolutely obsessed for anything to work you know property related or not you need to be utterly obsessed um and I am I was and I still am so it's all good is that the same for you going out with me yeah absolutely obsessed thank with. you <laughs> okay, so that's how you discovered um, Rent to SA or Rent to Rent. Why did you decide that was the strategy at the time you were going to go for? Yeah, so again, um, for me, the biggest deciding factors were, first of all, I had no money. <laughs> so that pretty much wipes out a lot of property strategies, right? Um, away, straight away. And for me... I also had a job, so I was very time poor. So I was poor, poor, and time poor, right? Yeah, sounds like property is a good way to go <laughs> if you're poor, poor, and time poor. But it can be done for sure. Uh, and then I soon determined that it was either, for me, my circumstances, property sourcing or rent to rent. Mm. And property sourcing would have been fantastic to get into, but I had in my head, why would anyone buy it? a source deal from me when I've not even bought a property myself didn't really make sense and 
I felt like I could have devoted a lot of time and effort into something that was a super slow burner. Whereas if I dived head into rent to rent, um, and that was somewhat a slow burner as well, but I saw the ability, I saw where that could go if it was done right and if it was scaled well. And funny enough, we're kind of here now. <laughs> You're doing all right. Yeah. You're doing okay. So that's, it's interesting that you've said that, like uh, cash poor, time poor, because one of the questions we had was how much do you, do you need to start out, something like this? Yeah, um, so a really good question. And I think fortunately for me, you won't be able to get away with starting with what I started with because it was a ludicrous small amount uh, I literally started with 2,800 pounds and um, that got me my first deal up and running um, so pretty much one of my whole month's paychecks uh, which I was very much willing to risk at this point um, but yeah I don't anticipate or expect anyone to be able to start for that much now um, but you probably need I reckon it depends where you where you operate, right? To be honest with you, because the rent on this flat was six hundred fifty pounds, the deposit six hundred fifty pounds. Uh, that's probably the biggest factor as to why you're going to need more. Um, also, I sourced furniture like a beast. Um, it's actually on my Instagram, Facebook Marketplace. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I was all over the shop throughout nights. I remember, I remember, I was on a night shift. Actually, I picked up like a sofa at four in the morning. I had it on my head <laughs> going through some corridor. Um, but if you go on my highlights reel on my Instagram at Ed J Property, um, slide all the way to the right, you'll see some really embarrassing reels of me when I first started. Um, and that whole journey of me obtaining my first ever deal, setting it up, and the first three months of it running, which were very successful, um, are all up there. So that's pretty much really raw and real. Real. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how long it'll be there because, like I said, it is embarrassing, but that is up there. Okay, another question which you've kind of you've covered there, but it'd just be nice to, to bring up. So somebody's asked, is it necessary to take out a loan to do something like this? Yeah, um, it's a good question, a really big point. And I guess I didn't really cover it, to be fair, because, I mean, my advice would be, it's an outright no from me. It's an outright no from me. I do know people who have done it, and... It probably has paid off for some people, but for me, if you're not in a position to risk, right, or invest that money in how you see fit, um, then if it does go Pete Tong, you're probably not going to be in a position where you can get yourself out of it either, um, which is a really dangerous situation to be. So I know people who have done it. Um, I believe it used to have been encouraged as well at one point, but guys, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't think it's a good idea at all. I would really steer clear of that. If you want to get involved in rent to rent or property or anything, save it up from your job or just, you know, risk or invest an amount that you're willing to lose. And if you lost that, what would you do? You need to de-risk yourself. You need to have a contingency in place. I pretty much deemed that 3k to be gone, right? And for me, it was very experimental, which is not me being loose with it, uh, because I did give it my all, but I deem that 3K has gone from a financial perspective um, just to completely de-risk myself. If it put me in like a super red zone, it probably wouldn't have been a good move, even if it did get me out. But yeah, you need to be really careful, guys. I'd never advise anyone to uh, bring on debt to put into um, a risky investment if they can't easily get out. 
Mm-mm. Interesting. So, so you've covered two points of my my Ooh. last question. <laughs> so my final question was was going to be like, what would you say to somebody now, like in your shoes, looking at starting out, looking at thinking, I want to leave my job, I want to go self-employed. Okay, so you've said this is a great strategy because you don't need much money. Um, you need you need time to put into it. Don't take it out a loan. But what what other advice would you say to somebody in sitting in your shoes yeah. a couple of years ago? And that's always a really hard question for me to answer because on one hand let's be honest my life has changed dramatically in a relatively short space of time uh i was where i dreamt or i am where i dreamt of being it doesn't feel like that now because you're always looking up um but i am where i dreamt of being two years ago um however i don't want to make it sound like it's all sunshine and rainbows because there's been a lot of sacrifices along the way and it's been incredibly hard work and I don't want to give off the false impression that it is easy. It's easy to make it look easy with highlight reels and big numbers and figures and spreadsheets and whatever and there are some serious highs but there's also some serious lows um, but it is a never-ending graft, right? And that's one thing that I really want to highlight is it's not a get rich quick thing. Mm. Uh, yes, you can get rich quick, but it's hard work, like really, really hard work. And you need to be really multifaceted. You need to be really multi-skilled. You need to be really, really ready to learn and understand a lot about a lot as well. It's not just property to run the whole business. You need to like know a lot <laughs> mm. or utilize people that know a lot for you. But I mean, yeah, it's changed my life. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely mint. We're doing things that I never thought we'd be able to do this quick. You know, like buying houses in fairly quick succession <laughs> seemed out of this world to me now. I mean, then and now it's not. Um, so it's, it's, I'm sorry to ramble on, but it's really hard. It's, it's life-changing and can be life-changing, but you need to be aware of the commitment it requires. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Nice. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as we go through, we're going to look at doing a feature of the week and kind of following your journey and giving tips and advice. And I will be provoking you for the bad things because it is important. We look at that. So the start was exciting and fun and cool for you, wasn't it? Um, but as we go through, we hopefully will hit some of those highs and lows. Um, so another question we had was how to negotiate your first deal. But we are going to leave you on a cliffhanger because that will be our feature next week. So we will do some posts on Insta if you want to give us a follow at EdJ Property. Then do, and we will post what our topic's going to be. So it's going to be about how Ed found his first deal, how he negotiated his first deal, and the kind of next big steps in his property journey. Um, so thanks ever so much for tuning in and listening to us again. Ed, do you want to say anything? Um, no, just I forward and further extend those thank yous. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next week with Host at Home. Bye. Bye. Bye.